Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, now, the topic we're going to dig into today is one that um, you, if you're a newer copywriter, you might be concerned about, but you might not actually be concerned from the right perspective. I know sometimes when you're new, um, you can be feeling uh, a little less confident about yourself, even though CCS students, you know, you've done all the practice, you know, you've done a lot of work, you know, so much more about copywriting than your, than your would-be clients. Uh, you have a lot to bring to the table, but sometimes we can be nervous about that. That's fine. There will be jobs when you've been doing this for 20 years that you get nervous about. We don't we don't want that self-doubt to to creep in even though it may pop up, right? We don't want it mm-hmm. to creep into interactions even though it may pop up. And so we're what we're gonna talk about today is how some of that self-doubt might creep into conversations and interactions. And not just self-doubt, but also mm, habits and other little ticks or, or what's the word I'm looking for, activities uh, that you might not even be realizing you're doing that is actually marking you as an inexperienced copywriter to your prospective clients. Yeah. And even when you have experience as a copywriter and you've had clients and you, you've been doing this for a while, there still might be things that you don't even know are happening and going on that still mark you as inexperienced, even when you actually are experienced. So even if you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I've been at this for a while, still keep listening to make sure that you're not doing any of these things or any of these things aren't sneaking in without you realizing it. Yeah. And we're not talking about fake it till you make it. We're not talking about, about, we're just talking about putting your best foot forward. And the things that we're going to talk about in this episode are not your best foot forward. So mm-hmm. when you're prepared, then you can put your best foot forward. Okay. Number one. 
Number one, and you've heard us talk about this before if you listened to this podcast, but we're going to say it again, mixing copy and content. So you might even have clients that mix copy and content and fine, they they don't maybe don't know any better. But the vast majority of clients will know that there is a difference between copy and content. And so if you are mixing the two together and saying copy when you mean content or vice versa, or on your portfolio site, they're not separated because as you know, you need them in separate places on your portfolio site, clearly marked, this is my content work, this is copy work you need to demonstrate that you know that they are two different things, that they have two different skill sets, that you know what to do when you're writing copy, you know what to do when you're writing content. Yeah, as a professional, you know that you approach those projects in different ways and they have different goals. And if you are conflating the two on your website, it does not speak well. Um, I still think to this day, poor thing, uh, I still think about a girl who applied for a job like that the company I was working at like 15 years ago and you're talking about how much she loved copy and she was such a great copywriter and and I went to her portfolio site and her entire uh her entire portfolio was just content and I thought oh honey good luck all you have no you have no actual copywriting experience and imagine if someone comes to your website maybe you do have copy experience, but because you've mixed the two on your portfolio site, imagine that the first thing they see is content. They click through and they go, oh, the same thing. Oh, honey, you don't know the difference. So you need to demonstrate that you knew you do know the difference. And quite frankly, too, if you're if it comes up in conversation and your client doesn't know the difference, you can always let them know too and just very gently say, actually, there's a slight difference between copy and content. Here's what the differences are and here's why and where we use them in different places. That is going to help establish you as an expert, but of course, mm -hmm. only if it comes up in conversation. Yeah. And if you're still a little unsure about the difference between the two, we will link in the show notes to the episode where we go over the differences between copy and content so that you can refresh and make sure you're feeling good about, about, about those differences and that if it does come up, that you're ready with an answer to communicate that to your clients. Mm -hmm. Because obviously a really long blog post is going to be very different than someone who needs someone to write banner ads or emails. And just the thought process that goes into that is very, very different. And so mm -hmm. I would be very hesitant to work with someone who only had blog posts and bring them on for a project where I needed very, very short copy. I wouldn't necessarily have the confidence that they would know how to approach that project. So you want to make sure that you're demonstrating to your clients that they can feel confident in whichever thing that they're hiring you for. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Now, I just said you can let your clients know the difference between copy and content if that comes up in conversation. However, mm -hmm. there's one time that you don't want to be educating mm -hmm. your clients, and that is about the efficacy of copy. Now, you might be like, but, mm -hmm. but wait, what? Wouldn't it be my job to tell them why copy is important? Oh, it's your job to tell them why you are the person that they should hire. It's the job to tell it's your job to tell them how working with you will benefit their business. But if someone has come to you or if someone is on a call with you, someone is interested in hiring you to be their copywriter, that's not the time when you need to tell them why copywriting is important. They're already halfway there to hiring you. They're already evaluating you to be your to be their copywriter, you are going to be 
wasting time and wasting energy by spending some of that time explaining to them why copywriting is important. It's like if you if you uh, had um, uh, an electricity job that you needed done in your house and you invited over a couple of different electricians, you're talking with them to see who's going to be the best choice. And one of them spends the first 15 minutes saying, okay, here's why electricity in a house is so important. It's a waste of time. And you don't want to work with someone who doesn't understand that you're already past that point and you're ready to make the make the decision in your business, in your home, in that case, in that weird example, uh, and for your client, ready to make that 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 step in their business. Mm-hmm. And the most common place that we see this happening is on your portfolio sites when people open up the first heading, that most valuable piece of real estate where you want to communicate the benefit of them working with you specifically as a copywriter, and you're using that space to say, copywriting is so important, messaging is so important because it'll help you get more sales. They they know that. Why is what you're going to do for them and your messaging going to be the one that they should move forward with versus another copywriter, any of the other copywriters that they could work with? And this is really the first, it may be the first experience that you're, you need to kind of put on your marketing hat and think about the the customer journey. And in this case, the customer is your prospective client. And so at this point, they've, they're step one you either sent a pitch or they identified a copywriting need on their own. And somehow maybe they found your website, probably from your pitch, um, getting there organically, maybe. Uh, but so they're already at that next step. And so they're evaluating you now and they're deeper in They're They're sold on copywriting. Now they need to be sold on you. And then they're going to hopefully move forward with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to do that if they know why they should go with you And if they don't know why they should go with you, then they might not actually move forward with you. And they might see that educational copy and think, oh, this person's brand new. They don't even understand where I am in the consumer journey. How are they going to write copy for me if they're not going to understand where their piece of copy fits within the consumer journey? Mm -hmm. Um, So you really need to demonstrate to them that you understand the basics of, of that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and along with that, our CCA students who have been through uh, the our course about um, building your portfolio site, uh, and actually also the portfolio site um, podcast episodes that we've done. Uh, al- along with that, something I always look for, uh, especially in marketers' websites and certainly on copywriters' websites, is making it about yourself mm. versus making it about your customer needs. I see a lot of this. Um, interestingly, we get pitched by a lot of copywriters, and I want to kind of say, all right, first of all, look at your market. But anyway, um, we see a lot of people writing their website focused on themselves. I, this, I, this, I'm passionate about writing for this reason. I'm, this is my experience. This is my life. This is my, and that's awesome. I love that. Your mom loves that. Your significant others love that. However, you are not the most important person on your portfolio site, which I know sounds so crazy, but the purpose of your portfolio site is not for you to talk about what you love and what you're passionate about. The purpose of your portfolio site is to convey to a potential client what you can do for them and how you can benefit their business. So when your when one's, not yours, because you're too smart for that, when one's portfolio site and one's website is focused on themselves and what they want to say about themselves, that is always to me a red, red flag that they are either brand new 
or they haven't taken the time to actually apply the tenets of copywriting and marketing to their own website, which also can be mean that they're brand new. Either way, huge, huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do a control F find and look for those I or my and see if you can flip that into speaking you as in your prospective client and see yeah. how you can rework all of those lines. Um, another common one, just as you said that I was thinking of, you know, I love words or I love writing. Great. We would hope so if you were a copywriter. Uh, so look for those common things where you're like, okay, any copywriter would hopefully say this. Mm-hmm. Any copywriter is going to be concise and have concise messaging. So mm-hmm. looking beyond what is the role of a copywriter and how you take that to another level and help your client and help provide the best service to your client with what yeah. you do. Yeah. Asking the question, does my prospective client need to know this? Do Mm -hmm. they need to know that you love words or that you discovered your passion for words in high school? No. Again, I say this with so much love and I'm so glad you did discover your passion for words in high school, but that's not something that is useful to your client and your target audience for your website is your client. All of the principles of copywriting that you have learned and perfected, I was going to say perfected, perfected, you need to use on your own website as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of websites, if you don't have one, that's another mark of a brand new copywriter. You want to come across as the professional that you are. And so it is important. You might start pitching. You might start landing clients without one. And that is great. We totally support that. But that doesn't mean you can go forever without creating a portfolio site. You need to create a portfolio site. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I would tag on to that. Um, again, like Kate said, Gets don't don't wait to get started until you have it up there. Uh, but a certain level of client is going to expect to see that website. Most of them will. Uh, but also beyond that, you need to have a portfolio section on your website. I see a lot of I don't want to say mm. quote unquote copywriters, but maybe it'll be just a little bit snarky and say quote unquote copywriters. Um, you have no proof. Uh, mm-hmm. Copywriters who have a website but have no portfolio section on their website. Well, you can say up and down all day long what a great copywriter you are and what great work you're going to do for me and all that kind of stuff. But if I don't see it, then I'm not going to believe it. Mm -hmm. I could tell you I'm the most amazing race car driver in the world. I'm the fastest. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. But if you've never actually seen me drive a car, guess what? There's no proof and no reason for you to believe me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's... I'm going to use quote unquote proof on people's sites that say things like, you know, have helped generate $13 million in sales for my clients or, and they throw out these numbers again, no work. There's no work. There's no proof, but these numbers, any savvy client is going to understand that copywriting is one piece of the marketing puzzle, if you will. And so, yes, could you put, um, you know, I'm thinking subject lines, like that's an arguably that is all copy is the subject line. And so if you have a great open rate on a particular email, then yes, you can attribute that to that subject line. But even then it's because it went to the right audience and the copywriting is not responsible for creating your client's email list. So it had the benefit of going and being sent out to the right audience and the right group of people where that subject line was able to be its most effective. Whereas that same subject line to a completely different email list might've bombed. And so 
knowing when to attribute it to copy and when it's actually just that you're, you're part of a team, that you are a team player and that you know you are part of a team and that there's a lot more to what you're doing than just saying arbitrarily it helped generate this many billions or millions in sales or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now, talking about sales, Ty, let's move over a little bit into numbers, into rates. Mm-hmm. Um, there are actually uh, a couple of different mistakes that can mark you as a a an inexperienced writer. Um, the I think the the number one, the most glaring one, is charging by the word <laughs> instead of charging by the project, depending if it's a project, or charging by the hour if maybe if you're contracting with them or something like that. Um, you will often, or at least sometimes, see content writers, content only writers, um, who are charging by the word, even though that's not the best thing to do in that scenario anyway. But here's why it's especially problematic for copywriting. Copywriting is not just writing words. There's so much more to what we do. In fact, a lot of what we do is the actual editing, is coming up with a coming up with a headline or coming up with some body copy and then digging in and figuring out how to make it even better, how to mm-hmm. optimize it, how to cut out what is not necessary. If you are being paid by the word, you are effectively penalizing yourself for being good at what you do, for not being verbose, for for making your message as concise and impactful as possible. So you will never, ever see a professional copywriter who charges by the word. And that is a huge, huge mark of either being a brand new copywriter. And I know CCA students are, are thinking, well, I would never charge by the word anyway. Um, either being a brand new copywriter or not actually even being a copywriter and just kind of writing for doing blog content and thinking, all right, now I'm going to be a copywriter. I'll try that out. Charging by the word is a huge, huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to penalize yourself too. Not only are you going to red flag to your clients that this is, you're not a pro. It's, it's, even if you do get hired, you're just going to, I'm thinking of copy projects I've done where literally like it's a one word headline and then maybe like five to seven, like for a banner, like, so a total of nine words, I'm going to charge five cents per word. And this would have been a $1, whatever. No way. That yes. took me hours to concept. The whole concepting phase, I feel like is one of the longest steps in being a copywriter often mm-hmm. where you're coming up with how, how are we going to approach this problem? How are mm-hmm. we going to tackle this? Here are all of our ideas and okay, we're going to whittle it down to the best one or two. And those best one or two might have all of 10, 20 mm-hmm. words total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a $2 project. Yeah. Or a tagline project. Those yeah. are often like five or six words maximum. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the longest this projects, like days, biggest weeks. project, yes, that you will ever work on. There are so many possible iterations and because it encapsulates an entire company, there are also so many level, levels of stakeholders. It mm-hmm. can be a massive, massive project. To charge by the word would be so absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would absolutely cut yourself off at the knees. Yeah. And quite frankly, as a client too, if someone was going to charge you know, five cents a word for, for a copywriting project. And I'm thinking, okay, they're not even looking at it as like, Ooh, a deal. $5 is what this is going to, they're looking at it. Like how good can this be? If this person's going to charge me $5 for a wildly important project, how much effort are they actually going to put in? If that's all that they're charging, if someone's charging five bucks, I would think, Oh, okay. You're, so you're spending 10 minutes on, not even, Mm -hmm. there's no way, there's no way. 
Well, and that's point number two. I think that sometimes newer copywriters will will undervalue themselves mm-hmm. and under the, undervalue their work and either uh, in, in charge a, a very low rate. And that is a huge red flag for mm-hmm. potential clients. Because if you don't value their your own work, why would they value your work? Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it doesn't look like a bargain. It looks like you're not worth their time. Because remember, it's not like they're it's not like they're they're trying you out. They are spending time and effort to get this copy from you. And if they can't be confident that what they get is going to be something they use, they they can use, they have wasted time with you. So if it's like, well, if I charge them a low rate, then then maybe I'll get in before other copywriters will, or I'll get in instead of other copywriters. That's absolutely not what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who can do the work. And if they're not confident based on your rate that you can do the work, they're going to pass. They don't, nobody has time for that. Mm-hmm. And we just recorded an episode, so I'll link it below as well, of how, how copywriters hit five-figure months, how you get to a 10K month. And the way you do that is not by accepting any rate that gets thrown your way. You need to have your standards. And you might have different standards. We would go over this in the episode deeper, but really quickly, you need your rate that you have. And if, if you feel compelled to say, okay, if a client from this industry that I really uh, would love to break into comes and offers me a slightly lower rate, what is that lower rate? What are your specific bullet points for lowering, have a reason, having a reason to lower your rate and take a slightly lower rate? We're not talking huge, huge jumps here. And what is that rate and setting that and walking away from projects that don't meet your no lower than rate. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's your business. You might have your rate and you say, no, I never go lower than that. And that's great. But if you feel like, okay, there are certain scenarios where I would like to have some flexibility, then great. But set that number and be able to walk away from it. Because mm-hmm. taking anything that your client is willing to offer you either makes it look like you haven't actually thought through the project well of like what meetings it's going to entail, mm-hmm. what actually is going to be required to go into this, or that you're very, very desperate and you just want to take whatever work gets thrown your way. Mm-hmm. Which when you're starting out, I understand you're just like, I just want my first project. Yeah. Be very careful of spending time on things that aren't actually going to move your business forward in the direction that you want to go. And because that time is now taken up and you can't spend it on clients mm-hmm. that you actually want to work with. Well, and neither one of those messages to the client are good, right? Like either mm-hmm. I'm desperate or I have no idea what I'm doing or I haven't thought through the project. So there's nothing real behind the estimate that I get or the, the quote that mm-hmm. I gave them. None of that is a good message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look well if you want to work with them again too, to say, okay, well, I took this significantly lower rate. And then why would you, your, your client's going to expect that same thing again. And so how is this now you're saying it has to be double? What? Yeah. It becomes, you lose your professionalism and trust really with your clients if they feel like there's nothing backing up your rates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and another one, uh, something that marks you as, as brand new and or not confident um, is is not following up 
with your clients of sending out uh, a request to get on the phone and then never sending out anything else again because you're nervous and you don't want to bother them and, and, and CCA students know how important the follow-up is. Um, or sending out your quote and then being like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a, they must have thought it was too much. They haven't. And then not following up there or having a conversation with a client and then not following up or even in the middle of a project, not following up. You not reaching out is you not is not you not bothering them. You not following up is you not being a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that get the get it out of your mind. I don't know how, but just let go of the fact that you are bugging anyone. You are a professional, as are they. You are running a business. They expect you. That is helpful to them. So switching your mindset that you're not bugging. This is helpful. Oh my gosh, this was in my inbox. I meant to reply to it. Thank you so much for reminding me that this was something on my to do list. You need to communicate and you need to take charge of that communication with your clients. You can't wait for them and just cross your fingers and I I hope they get back to me. That's your job. You're taking Mm -hmm. work off of their plate. You're helping lower their mental load Mm -hmm. by being that reminder in their inbox. Yeah. Sitting back is not being a partner as you want to be. It's being passive. And that's mm-hmm. that's not first not a great sign for them, and it's also not how you're going to be able to build your business. And then mm-hmm. along those same lines, um, when you are in communication with a client, you have to be willing to ask questions. If there mm-hmm. are things that you don't understand, if there are things that you don't know, if there are are elements of the business or elements of their target audience that you don't know, you have to be willing to ask those questions. Remember that clients don't know how to be clients. So they're going to give you the information that maybe they think you need, but they're not professional copywriters. They don't know what you need and they don't know what you do and don't know. So you need to be the one who asks for the information that you need. Yeah. You need to be able to take control of any client communication, really. You are, they are looking to you to be the service provider providing copywriting services. And as part of that, you need to lead these discussions. And that includes asking the right questions for your client to get the information you need. It doesn't mark you as a newbie to say, hey, excuse me, you said this term. I just want to clarify what you mean by that. That doesn't mark you as a newbie. What marks you as a newbie is if you don't ask that question and then you're unable to produce the copy that you need to produce because you felt uncomfortable speaking up in the initial conversation. And now we're two, three weeks into the project and it's due and it didn't hit the mark just because you didn't think to do that back then, or you thought to do it and you just were uncomfortable. So remember that you leading the discussion and taking charge is actually a sign of you being the professional that you are. When you let you sit back and you let the client take control of the conversation and make, make them, I mean, that's work again on them to try to figure out what they don't know what you need. So you need to lead any interaction that you're having with your client. Mm -hmm. Your job is to make their lives easier. And Mm -hmm. anytime that you're not doing that, you are not fulfilling your role as a copywriter. You know, we talk a lot about, and we mentioned a little bit earlier, that that copywriting is not just getting a project, writing some words and sending it back. It's Mm -hmm. so much more. It is, yes, it's also editing, as we said earlier, but it's also interacting with the client. It's helping the client plan. It's helping the client um, uh, strategize these projects. And if you're newer, you might think, oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, you will, because you practice this. When you are in communication with the client, as you're talking with them, you will have ideas, you will have input, all of that kind of thing. But it's those communication, those, those elements of communication that are a big part of what makes us copyrights, which actually leads to the next one, um, the idea of not proactively suggesting projects to your clients of just passively sitting and receiving projects. Um, and yes, certainly as we're saying that, I'm sure it's like, well, but I just want to sit and receive projects. That sounds great. And yes, it, it, it can be lovely. To just, yes. Yeah. However, that's one way you need to be in a give and take with a client in meaning that as you are working with them, if you have ideas for additional projects, mention it. And obviously, you're only going to mention projects that are going to benefit the company. So guess what? That benefits your client. You're not trying to um, scam extra work out of them by suggesting a project that will genuinely benefit their company. That is part of being a partner. Mm -hmm. And you might even suggest projects that don't involve copywriting. You might say, hey, I thought of this idea. Have you guys thought of that or done that? And you just might pass that along just out of goodwill. Um, and you might, there might be some that the client takes you up on and that you are involved with. And there might be some that they say, nope, we're not going to move forward with that. Here's why, or that's something for down the line or whatever. But the point is that you're engaged in a conversation and that you're giving ideas as they come to mind and not just kind of sitting back and being a producer. You want to, all of these points really come down to you being a partner for your clients. What can I do for my clients? How can I best serve my clients? Uh, and how you can best serve your clients, yeah, often does benefit you. But sometimes it's just, it's that goodwill of like, hey, I have this idea. And even if it doesn't move forward, it's just like when you pitch a client, the idea, it's showing that you're thinking about their business. It's not necessarily needs to be the idea that they end up move for, moving forward with. It's just them knowing, hey, we have a really great partner in this person. And yeah, we're going to keep giving them projects mm -hmm. because they also keep suggesting things, even if it's stuff that we're not moving forward with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think that that as we were kind of saying earlier, that a lot of a lot of these mistakes, um, yes, yeah, some of them can come down to to not actually knowing what they're doing. That would not be you. You know what you're doing. Um, but I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> you do and the listeners do. Um, but the, the, a lot of it will come down to self-doubt, feeling nervous, feeling yeah. afraid, not feeling confident in your skills, but don't make it about you. Your interaction, every interaction with your client is not about you. It's about what you can do for your client. It's about how you can be the best partner for your client. When you stay focused on your client, there's a lot less room for self-doubt. So practice making think, and we're humans, right? This is what we do, but practice thinking less about yourself and more about your clients. Cause it's when we think about ourselves and when we're focused on, well, I don't know, am I good enough? Am I set that aside and focus on what you can and will do for your clients. That is always going to send you in the right direction. Now, not of course, to the extreme of, of, I gave them a deadline and they missed the deadline. So I'm just going to, you know, you're not going to bend over backwards. You're still going to be a professional and you're going to respect yourself so that your clients respect you. But when you think in terms of how can I be the best partner for my client, that is almost always going to guide you in the right direction. As long as, like I said, you don't go too, too far. Okay. So we've given you uh, a lot to think about. This would also be a really good one to go back and make notes so that you have them before client calls or before client interactions, just to make sure that you are giving them your, your A game at every opportunity. Cause we know that's what you want to do. Uh, and we know that with a little bit of practice, that's absolutely what you will do.
And so with that, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.